everyone. This is Alex Murray for the IBC Amina podcast. Today I'm joined by Sheila Perry. Hello, Sheila. Hi, hi, Alex. Good morning. Um, Sheila, you're a long-time IBCer. Um, you've supported us in many different ways, and one of the things which we did at the beginning of this year in Copenhagen was talk about your Pride model. Now, you've also written your book. Um, but let's sort of step back and do a quick recap. Can you tell me a little bit about your Pride model and and the you know, thinking really behind it? Yes, sure. I mean, the, as you say, I've been an IABCer for a long time. I've worked in internal communications and employee engagement for most of my working life. And um, and after you know several years, I had a really great experience working with a a, a CEO who I think kind of got employee engagement it, you know he didn't have to be convinced of it um but he also really saw it and um, how it really really operated within um a company performance um kind of approach and he uh, and i worked together on on a change program uh, in his organization and i think it was a sort of it was a time that i thought what i believed was crystallized uh, and so i started to try to articulate what what worked and what ha- what happened when employees were really uh, wanting to perform in a company, uh, and that was the beginning of the Pride model. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of us uh, have have had lots of um, employee opinion surveys where where people are asked how proud you are to work for a particular organisation, but I felt that actually that was it was it wasn't really understood. It was quite a shallow a shallow thinking about Pride, and so I kind of started to drill drill down into what makes people proud uh, and, and ha- what happens uh, before those kind of emotional triggers start uh, in your relationship with work and, and that began a couple of years job <laughs> a couple of years project well you published your book um, and is now out um, detailing the pride model and you were also at um, a recent IDC UK event called how to make work work for you now with the pride model You've developed it so that it's practical. It can be implemented by by others. First of all, what are you hoping that people gain out of this model, and what has the feedback been from people who have who have read the book and also who have interacted and and heard you talking about it? Okay, so so at the heart of the at the heart of the book is the premise that uh, when people feel pride in their organisation and pride in their role. Uh, they perform. They put in more performance, and so they, there's a there's a there's a sort of dual activity here that happens. It's a personal performance, and and it's a and it's a collective performance. And so, as I wrote the book, I promised that anything I wrote would have uh, the perspective of the organisational objectives. So there is a kind of top-down uh, structure, if you like, to the approach. But I absolutely stuck to the promise that uh, my perspective would be equally. Uh, of an individual working in the, in the organization and an individual going to work. And, and so what I hope to give people through the model is a, is a framework, a framework of looking at why people, um, why people become engaged in their work. Um, but at the same time, uh, I want to make work better for everyone so that individuals can also uh, kind of analyze where they want to go, why they want to do it, why they want to do certain work, what they get out of it, and how they can also um, like take, take more control over 
their their career path. And um, interestingly enough, when I look, when I sort of talk about the book, there's a there's a sort of great acceptance to the framework. But the challenge has been, oh come on, you know, what can we really do? And and so we held the the event in London um, about uh, ten days ago. Uh, to explore those questions, how to make work work for you. And so we took the elements of the pride model and talked about um, when you're looking at a job, uh, you know, what, how can you apply the, the messages of pride to your own, uh, to your own role? But with that, you know, the, the challenge I often see and, and what until communicators say is, you know, we are we're not we're not strategists. We're just simply people who implement. How can we change that through the prime model? Okay, I think that's a really great a great question because I think it's about it's about self self perception. That that statement is a kind of shows a self perception and also per perception of where we might sit in the organisation. But but um, one of the points I'm trying to make in the book is that that we as communicators have um, some very very important skills and. Uh, mindsets which when working with um, you know complementing uh, if you like strategic uh, logical planning type of brains uh, you can absolutely uh, make great things happen and so I'm, I'm trying to say to people bring bring both sides of your brain to work you know generalizing slightly you know we, as communicators we are we're often intuitive we often people per people uh, we often have high emotional intelligence, and we sometimes have to kind of, um, you know, make our voice heard in in organisations or in 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 groups where uh, logic or or finance or you know, rationality uh, leads. Um, and and I'm sort of championing the blend of both skills. Like I'm championing the organisation, the individual. I'm championing uh, the left hand, right hand brain, uh, complementary work. And I think that communicators uh, who are in positions of influence have have realised those skills and they've demonstrated the values of those skills generally, so that um, you, know, you can bring your you can you can champion emotional intelligence in leadership and the you know the four the four running um, you know forward thinking companies are are trying to develop those skills in in their leadership I would say but we as communicators also need to adopt. The language and the and the objectives of our organisations, so that we, um, you know, we can be seen as equals equals at the table, um, and and powerful influencers. One of the elements I know we discussed um, in Denmark in Eurocom, but you've also flagged out is integrity, and yeah. you know, we've obviously seen hidden trust when it comes to politicians. Uh, you were on the march yesterday. Um, you know, yeah. I know <laughs> we don't talk about politics <laughs> in terms of uh, the immune podcast, but um, you know, we've also seen in, the, in other countries as well, there's this hit to, to integrity and trust. Yes. And you've really stressed on this piece when it comes to internal comms. Tell us a little bit more about your thinking when it comes to integrity and the importance, the increasing importance of integrity. Okay, I think you know obviously integrity is a, is a big word, and the th the factors of pride that that I have put together are, are are purpose, reputation, integrity, direction, and energy. And it and it is a mnemonic, and it's a mnemonic so that people can actually grasp it and understand it and remember it. 
But at the heart of that of that model is is the word integrity. And what I mean by integrity is the inner truth of your organisation. Um, it, it's not it, it, obviously in its ethical sense it has. Uh, it has weight and meaning, but in, in the pride model, it is the integrity of the reputation that you put out to the to the external world, and and the the, the, the relationship between your company or your brand integrity uh, brand reputation, and then the integrity or the inner truth that people find when they deal with you, is utterly utterly at the heart of the model. Um, a lot of people are talking about um, the essential trust between employer employee uh, between leader and 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 team um, between uh, leader and, and external stakeholders and trust trust has taken a battering uh, in, in institutions in in companies in you know some of you know not it's not just about the banking crisis we've had crisis uh, you know lack of faith in our broadcasters lack of faith in our in our politicians and um, you know, consumer trust uh, it has been pretty low, and similarly, employee trust has been pretty low. So, when people come um, decide to apply to to an organisation, and they and they have the excitement of of, of being recruited and they join, um, that there is a sort of immediate and ongoing opportunity and risk uh, if the company meets its reputation or fails its reputation. And so the inner truth of your organization or the integrity of your organization to me means everything that happens all the time, every day, repeatedly. Um, it, it, it kind of encompasses your culture, but it also encompasses your processes, your systems, uh, your, your, the competencies you want to uh, attract and develop um, and the opportunities that you give your, your staff. So it, it's absolutely rock solid uh, connected to what internal communications people and practitioners um, work with every day. And that, that's where my kind of excitement and the spark comes um, with an event like How to Make Work Work for You, because I, I think there's plenty of evidence and that, that we can all influence the workplaces that we're in. We can all uh, change the mood in a room. We can all inspire another uh, person. We can all support. Um, and the way we choose to behave at work uh, ourselves has a huge influence in the overall culture of the organization and that's the sort of link with um, having taking initiative taking control uh, realizing the the impact that you have and the and the potential that you have to influence um, in a small way and in a big way <laughs> so it's very enabling I feel I feel that the pride model could be very empowering both to the uh, communications uh, team or or or, lead or an influencer in an organisation, but also through application to individuals. I'm intrigued. What was feedback at the uh, IBC UK event? Okay. Well, um, what I think uh, I see uh, is there's a sort of there's a sort of acceptance that um, that that companies can adopt. Uh, employees, employee engagement strategies or performance strategies. So I haven't really had any challenge about um, how how the Pride model might be taken up and applied and improve employee engagement. But there is there is a challenge about okay. So what if what if we work in a toxic culture? What if uh, what if uh, the leaders of the organisation do not display um, these principles that that 
uh, you want to achieve or, or, or that you think they ought to uh, display. And so um, that's the sort of promise I'm trying to meet uh, with events is, is to actually look at individual circumstances and um, and and advise people on how to look at the jobs that they they might apply for and the companies that they might apply for so that they can find their if you like their cultural fit or their their purpose fit or, or, or their ambition fit um, so for example um, you might ask the question well what what can you really tell about a company from the outside? What, how do you? How can you really understand the culture? And that, that that's a that's a challenge. That's a fair challenge. But you can do so much research into a company uh, before you join it. Not, I mean, obviously there's the online. There's the, there's the drilling into the company's website. What they say about themselves. What their uh, cultural values are. What what they say they are. Um, but asking around and asking. Other people, you know, there's also you can look at the um, you can look at the kind of uh, um, CV and 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 profiles of of the leadership team. You can see how long they've been in their uh, organisation. You can see uh, whether they have you know non-executive directorships elsewhere. You can see uh, where they have any kind of CSR interests. Um, you can find out a lot. Uh, about about the organisation from from what is in the public domain, and and then the other advice is really use the networks that you have. I mean, we are them so connected. We you know we could find somebody who works for somebody through our network, um, and and really do homework about what companies stand for. Um, and that's just on the outside. Of course, if you get into a situation of being interviewed, there are other you know there's another kind of strategy for for asking the right questions and, um, you know, tr trying to get to know the people who are interviewing you. Because this is a two-way contract, uh, more so than ever. Um, and so it's about adopting, I think, confidence, sensible confidence, not arrogance, um, but that actually you are the one who's making, making the decision here uh, to apply, to join, um, to stay. Well, as you rightly pointed out when we talked before, that the, I think the opportunities there in terms of never before when it comes to learning from the outside in on company culture, um, and likewise deciding, um, looking at the market, you know, what is the best fit for you. I think people taking their time and, uh, and doing their homework rather than saying yes to the first thing which comes their way. Yeah. I mean, none of us are, are, you know, have forgotten what it is like to get your first job, to lead your first job, and there are these. This, these are also human challenges. There are times when you you need to to to, to move. Uh, you, you you may you know you, your partner may be moving uh, towns or countries, and and you're you're, you're faced with uh, you know more limited choices. And I'm not being unrealistic here. Um, I, I do say within the bounds of what of, of what are your own you know restrictions and your own um, parameters uh, that you have choice. I mean, in the UK at the moment, we have four percent unemployment um, across most of the Western um, developed uh, economies. We are going to be facing a labour shortage uh, with with more people uh, leaving the, the market than coming in. Um, if if you're in work. 
you, you you can afford certain confidence um, that that you are going to be needed, and I think that gives you a, a security, not a security, but a, a, a level of confidence that you know nobody tells you this. You know, I, I you know <laughs> you know I I heard I I, I hear these these um, these facts by going to to, to Bank of England presentations and, and reading the business press. But at the moment, you know, if you're in employment and you're going to work for the next 20, 30 years, um, it's really important that you set some principles up for yourself about how, how you want that to play out. Because uh, I think this generation more than ever is, is going to have some choices in, in where they work, how they work. Uh, I, 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 and I think it's good to adopt a strategy to, to be able to uh, to make work work for you. Well, I think on that note, Sheila, um, you know, we are delighted to to have you as an IBC member to to be able to hear your thoughts on on the Pride model, um, and also as well to to take in your advice going forward when it comes to. Uh, those different elements which make up the prime model and what it means for us as communicators in terms of trying to create a culture which which works for everyone. So uh, I wanted to say thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, hopefully at another IBC event soon. I, I hope so too. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Wonderful. Thank you, Sheila. And join us next week for the next edition of the IBC Media Podcast. Take care for now.